0: This is Travel Better Podcast, episode 25, the 2014 holiday season in New York City. I'm your host, Leslie Lello, and it's time to get going, so sit back, hit that cruise control, and enjoy the show. I am Leslie Lello, and we are on episode 25. 25! Oh my God! If someone had told me back in May that I would have... 25 episodes, I would have not believed them, but I do. And that brings me to an announcement. I am finishing season one today. Today is uh, the last... Episode 25 is the last episode of season one. I feel like 25 episodes is a solid place to go on hiatus for a few weeks until 2014. And also, the show that I'm doing this week, it's specifically about New York. I did holidays and everything previous, a few things about holidays, and but this one is about New York and Christmas 2014, and I uh, just feel like it's a great place to kind of draw the line for a few weeks. My life is getting busy, and I feel like your life is probably getting busy listening, so you might not have time to listen. Plus, I also want to do more prep and more interviews for next season. And I feel like always, you know, having that weekly show to do uh, is hampering me from doing more preparation and therefore creating shows that would be more juicy. So that was point one. Thank you for listening, though, and for being here with me. I will still be posting on the vlog, and I might do a show that's not part of the season. I, I, I hate to put it like that, but it's more like a random, not like a weekly every Saturday, 10 a.m., boom, boom, boom. All right, so that's that. Today's show is something I am so familiar with uh, from a lot of different perspectives. We're going to be talking about New York, Christmas time in New York, all the cool stuff you can do, and it will keep you busy. And it is a wonderful time in New York. It's a beautiful time in New York. It's I loved Sex in the City, the show, because I totally got that the city was a character. And in Christmas time, and I'm saying Christmas time is a general holiday time. I mean, Thanksgiving is when there's Hanukkah, but generally it usually is at Christmas time. And, you know, if you celebrate Yule, if you celebrate whatever, I'm going to be using the term Christmas just because, but I mean it as an all encompassing holiday season thing. But I don't want to keep saying that. So we're saying Christmas. So, Christmas in New York is just so, so wonderful. And that whole thing I was saying about Sex in the City, it it's definitely has its character. I feel it's the strongest at this time and in the holiday season as it's coming up. It's, it's strong all the time, but especially now. So we're going to start by discussing the kickoff. I mean, they're already saying that the tree is up at Rockefeller as I'm recording this, and um, it hasn't been lit up yet, but they're putting the tree up. They're getting prepared. The windows are starting to be decorated. Um, the, The balloons are getting prepped and everything, and I just, you know, so it's already, there's already that buzz in the air. So the kickoff for this season in New York is... The, well, I'll start with my background. I grew up my early childhood in New York, and then we moved to Jersey, and I ended up... We'd go into the city for the Thanksgiving Day Parade and to look at the windows and all that stuff. And um, I've just always... I've even shown friends who've come in from other places far away, like New Hampshire, to show them this uh, beautiful time of year in New York. I even went in back for college in Manhattan and I, it was actually, that was, I loved that season also it was an interesting as an adult to be living in Manhattan. Uh, it was a wonderful time of year. However, I could definitely feel the difference in the public transportation. It was more crowded, people were crankier and therefore I was crankier and it was just really hard to sometimes get to where you needed to go as somebody living in Manhattan. Uh, with all the tourists there. Even, I lived on First Avenue, and if you're not familiar with New York, I lived on First Avenue and even the First Avenue bus, which is not as heavily trafficked by the tourists, still, was. it was just a crazy time of year. You could feel it in the air. Um, but that was, as a person who was already under the duress of living in a big city that had a very intense energy anyway, and then you just amp it up around this holiday time. So. Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. It's the kickoff to the holiday season, in my opinion, and it is this year on November 28th, Thanksgiving 2013, and it starts at 9 a.m. Now everybody, not everybody, but a lot of people across the country watch this on TV, and that's cool, and you can really, you can get the essence of it. It's famous. I love rolling out of bed and just getting some coffee and just watching it on the television, but I've also gone in a lot of times to see the parade, and um, the parade, it starts on, they've changed the route in recent years. Uh, it used to go down Broadway and now it doesn't do that. So don't go hang out on Broadway cause you'll be, well, you won't be the only one there cause Broadway's always crowded on Times Square and everything, but it will be kind of, uh, not the right route. You won't see anything. Balloons go. Uh, it starts at 77th Street and goes down down Central Park West. So it starts on 77th and Central Park West, and then the route is goes south on Central Park West until 57th Columbus Circle, and then you, it goes over to Sixth Avenue, and and ha- eventually ends in Herald Square right in front of Macy's, where they do a lot of shows and everything. And I read this morning as I was you know brushing up on my facts and figures for this episode that it's actually two and a half miles long. And that surprised me because it feels like it's a lot shorter. But generally, uh, 20 blocks in Manhattan, short blocks, the ones that are numbered are is a mile. So and it goes about, you know, 40 blocks. So that would be correct. So okay, I have done this a number of times. I remember distinctly when we'd go up to Central Park to look at the parade. We often got there late, and but we'd get okay. This was like 20 years ago, though. we get good seats um, sitting on the park side. There's not a lot of bathrooms, though, so Um, but if, because we got there late, it wasn't like we were hanging out for that long. And the, the parade tends to be shorter at the beginning of it than the end, because a lot of times the end has a lot of shows as they're moving through the parade route. And it tends to be, uh take like double the time and especially if you're down at Herald Square in front of Macy's that's where they do their shows a lot of the time where they just stop and dance and all that stuff so if you want a shorter experience I would say stay to the north and here are some considerations for a parade in Manhattan uh, you're gonna always the the public transportation is gonna be very hectic it just that's just how it is if you're driving in from the suburbs we always parked on on the west side out by um, not necessarily like where the ferry leaves you off, but somewhere, one of those lots that are on the west side, um, like in Midtown, and then just took public transportation in because it seemed to get us out of that congested area really fast because um, we could just cab it back down to the car or whatever. We could even public you take public transportation because even going – Further downtown a little bit, most people are coming from the suburbs, and they're just going to hop on the path or the um, subway or go on to New Jersey Transit in um, in Penn Station, Grand Central Station, if they're coming from Connecticut or the or Long Island. So um, it, by going a little bit, just parking somewhere where the crowds are not headed to. The massive, like, bridge and tunnel people, which is includes me (laughs) right now. So, you know, you can maybe avoid a little bit of the craziness. But it is going to be crazy on the public transportation. So get there early. Dress really warm, unless it's an um, oddly warm day. Obviously, but typically it's not typically you're standing out there in the cold for a really long time so very warm clothes, very comfortable shoes, and try to be strategic about the spot you pick so we picked Central Park one year, but when that was with me and my mom and my dad and I was like five and they just said we're not giving you a lot of water so that you don't have to pee and I went okay but when we went in with, it was like me and my cousins and my uncles and my aunts and my grandma who has to, had to pee every, you know, two hours. We settled in by Howard Johnson's when it was on, in Times Square, the parade. Um, there there were different coffee houses, and I spoke about coffee houses in the last episode in, um, in episode 24, so you can... Listen to that to hear about coffee houses, but there are enough Starbucks in the area. Yes, they're going to be crowded. You're still going to wait, but if you plan strategically about the breaks that you take and um, and so go there anticipating a line and uh, just know where you're settling in. You need to be near a bathroom, especially with kids. Just have that awareness. So I've also posted, um, information about the parade and more tips for going on the parade at, uh, my website. What was I going to say? Oh yeah. So, um, If you can't deal with the crowds, you can, uh, for the parade, you can always go to the balloon inflation area, and that is, because they do it the day before, it's from like 3 to 10, and they are blowing up, they're putting helium in the helium balloons, and some people just want to look at the balloons, because they're really cool, plus seeing them up close. I did that one year when I was living, when I was in, living in Manhattan, and that was lovely, I had such a good time, and they were actually doing it that year. I feel like, I don't recall exactly what time I got there, but I feel I was with a friend and we were we had just gotten dinner, and but we had also just finished, um, actually I interned at a theater in Manhattan when I was at college, so we had finished interning, we got a meal, and then we walked over there kind of just wandering, and I feel like it was really, it was like middle of the night, like two in the morning or midnight, something later, so But on their website, they said there was a specific time frame, and it starts at 3, where they start blowing up the balloons. And they even have a map there where they have the different balloons, because it's a huge area. But you can get into the balloon inflation area um, in Central Park at 79th and Columbus. So that is the parade. That's the kickoff and uh if you oh i remember there was one more thing one person and i've always wondered about this if you have a bunch of people you want to have maybe a party or if it's just you and you're just you know totally into you know splurging you can get a hotel room that's along the parade route and see all the balloons like eye to eye first of all and i think that that would be a really cool way to see the parade and you're warm and you can have your food and your bathroom and everything. It's not quite the genuine experience that everybody, most people experience, but what a cool way to see it. I've never done it. I know actually friends that have done it. I was in California at the time and, but, and I heard it's really cool, but, um, you know, some, just putting that out there as another option. And so, okay, moving on to the windows on, Fifth Avenue and the windows just all along. Most, a lot of them are on Fifth Avenue. I would say actually that this, most of this podcast is going to be about Midtown because um, that's where the windows are. That's where the parade is. That's where Rockefeller is. That's where Bryant Park is. So there's a lot going on. I'd say between 34th street and up to about uh, 79th, which is where they do the, the blowing up of the, of the uh, inflating of the balloons. So uh, you can walk pretty much starting at 34th Street. 34th is a good starting point because that's where the path lets off if you're coming from Jersey, uh, Penn Stations down there. And you can start on 5th Avenue and 34th Street and just start walking north. And if you do, although if you're getting off at the path that's more over on 6th Avenue and you can look at the windows there, but If you're going just, you know, then if you're coming from somewhere else like, you know, uh, Port Authority, which is further north on 42nd Street and 8th, you, you know, are kind of starting in the middle. But but maybe you want to take the subway down just to start at the right place. So 34th, you have Macy's. And then if you walk over to 5th Avenue, just start walking north. You can go pretty much all the way up to... 60 60th street and s- cover most of the awesome windows. You'll pass Lord and Taylor's. You'll pass Sachs, You'll pass Bergdorf Goodman. And then if you start working your way after you get to about 60th, start working your way, um, East, uh, you'll pass Barney's and you'll pl- pass Bloomingdale's. I'm going to get into more stuff in that, uh, along that route, but that's, those are the windows. And I am Posting a picture and a link to the an actual walking tour of seeing these holiday windows They're spectacular and they do different things every year with different themes and they're so pretty and there will be crowds and they actually put up Like guardrails not rails, but those you know velvet um, um, People guides so that people don't cut it does get that crowded uh, about all this stuff on Manhattan, though, you can see it at 3 in the morning. You don't have to go midday. You won't get to shop, but you can go at 3 in the morning. And again, when I would be in Manhattan living there, I would just, we'd finish the show. We'd go, uh, get me and my friend would go get a bite to eat, and then we'd just wander on Manhattan. And you know what? A lot of the time we would end up at Rockefeller Center and seeing the windows and all that, and there was nobody there. These days it's a little bit more crowded because the city is a little bit safer, and a lot more people go in. And uh, in fact, I'll get into that later too. But you can avoid a lot of that if you're willing to do it at odd times, like a Tuesday at four in the morning. So, so, and it is safe enough, in my opinion. I mean, you can never guarantee, but um, Manhattan there's like a camera on every street post, so. It's pretty secure now, and even if you go at 4 in the morning, it's not like walking through Times Square in the 80s. That was a mess. Now, I think you'll be, at least this year, who knows what it'll be look like in five years. But right now, you can go through Fifth Avenue and be all right even at 4 in the morning, especially if you're with someone. So, in my opinion. So... <laughs> So that's the windows, and I also mentioned Rockefeller Center. Now, here is a very specific thing about visiting Rockefeller. If you go midday, it's like really, it can be really insane. I am okay in crowds until the crowd is taking over my ability to move, and I had one of those, I've only had that happen a few times, and I went to Rockefeller Center to look at the tree and to kind of get close to the skating rink and everything. And I got into the central part of it. And not only could I not get out, but I couldn't even really – it was moving me to the point where if I basically lifted up my feet, I'd still be, you know, standing within the crowd. That's how tight it was. Like I'd still be upright, like – I'd be crowd surfing vertically rather than horizontally (laughs) because it was like packed in like you pack in like a bunch of pencils into a pencil box. So I hate that. I feel that's very dangerous and, and, um, not dangerous, but it just, it's not, uh, appealing to me. And so I gave up and booked it out of there last time I went because, and then I went back at like two in the morning and it was great. I got to see the tree. I got to see the skater. Well, there were no skaters, but I got to see the rink and, um, that was much better. So I would say go late at night if you're gonna go. They're doing the tree lighting on December fourth. There's a little ceremony at seven o'clock, um, for about two hours. And so you can go skating and it's gonna be a wait probably. Uh because it's so touristy and so uh that thing you do when you go to Rockefeller Center at this time of year uh, it, it goes on outside the holiday season though so it's always busy but you can wait until February you know you don't have to go at Christmas time and it'll probably be less of a wait and less crazy but there's something to be said about oh I'm skating and there's the Christmas tree and da, da, da so it might be appealing some alternatives though and I, I really like this alternative there's Woolman Rink in Central Park referred to now as Trump Rink Although maybe it's just Trump who says that, who knows? I've, I haven't heard it, anybody refer to it like that. Even I heard about it on the news. Uh, there was like an incident there in the news like a week ago, and they still called it Woman Rink. And it's at Central Park, in Central Park at 63rd Street. I like it more because I find it less crowded and uh, just just seems a little bit more relaxing to be in the park skating and you these days you can pre-book online to avoid lines or avoid getting shut out if it does get too crowded I would say that is definitely a good strategy if you're going on a weekend uh and the weather is you know pleasant cold but pleasant you you might want to pre-book I haven't tried that yet but it's a definitely a good option. So uh, I've included a link about Woolman Rink. I also would like to mention, and this is not a place I have skated at, but I've visited this. There is Bryant Park. Bryant Park isn't as well known to people who are, live outside Manhattan or are coming far, far distances. But Bryant Park, there's the New York Public Library is on 5th Avenue, and. Um, you can, and right behind the New York Public Library on the 6th Avenue side, which would be the west side, is Bryant Park. Bryant Park used to be the place where you wouldn't walk generally like 20 years ago because, I don't know why I loved the city like 20 years ago because (laughs) every time I talk about it, it's like, that's where you wouldn't go because there'd be people who would be sketchy and drunk and whatever. But I always think about it with this weird nostalgia, but... I don't know why. Um, it's too shiny now, but it's safer, and I like that. I don't know. I'm having a uh, – sorry. I, that was just one of my random tangents. But Bryant Park actually is really nice now. I was there before they had the shopping rink. I haven't been back – I didn't go back last year. And I, it was too crazy. Plus, with Sandy having blown through, I just – I didn't really want to go into the city. The transportation, public transportation was still kind of not working wonderfully, and I, I just didn't – venture into the city that much, but um, when I went the previous year, Bryant Park had a shopping area only, and the restaurant Celsius, which is posh and very nice, and now they, so the shopping, they have like outdoor shops in Bryant Park, they change it up throughout the year, but during the holiday season, they have outdoor shops of more than 125 actually, and the prices were actually pretty reasonable when I went, they also have ice skating, And this is new. So they have a giant ice skating rink. So if you try Rockefeller and you don't like that, Bryan Park isn't that far and you might want to try there as well if you've got your heart set on um, on roller skating. Roller skating. On ice skating. Roller skating. That's a whole other story. But anyway, it's another choice. So it... I am kind of jumping around a bit because I talked about the windows earlier, and one thing it, that I didn't mention was F.A.O. Schwartz, which was featured in the movie Big a couple decades ago, And but it's still a very popular movie, and the reason why is it's a great movie. It's fun to watch, but it really made F.A.O. Schwartz fun to visit. And I mean that in a way because before that movie came out, As a kid in New York, they didn't want you touching the toys. And that was like, it was so poshy-posh. They were like, oh, yes, we have the best toys in the city, but don't touch them. And then the thing, that's a terrible way to market a toy store. You want the kids playing with the toys so that you can sell them. And the kid is like, no, I don't want to give up this, you know, G.I. Joe, you know. So, uh, And then the movie Big came out with that giant keyboard that you would play with your feet, and they had one there the year that movie came out, Um, and I did get to play it, and I did play Heart and Soul, and the thing was, I think that movie transformed F.A.O. Schwartz to being this toy store that kids got to play in. Because since then, I've played with, like, those cool Balzac balls, if you're familiar with those. And I've I've just, as an adult, gone and played with the toys. And I think that's a lot smarter because once a kid plays with a toy, they're going to want and are enjoying it. They're going to want to keep it. And so, um, that is... Sorry, I got distracted a minute. My dog decided to join me for this podcast. See, he always does. So that is another good place to check out. It's not on the walking tour map. It's not on it's not a windows thing to look at, though they do decorate, but it really is inside a fun place to go. It gets very crowded, very crowded, especially on the weekend at the holiday season, but it's really fun. So finally, what closes up this whole holiday season in Manhattan. Although some of these places like the, you know, the holiday thing at Bryant Park and the tree at Rockefeller and all that that will stay open after New Year's, but really it's the world famous ball drop in Times Square that finishes the season and I have done it from <laughs> <laughs> a reveling, uh, <laughs> I don't know. It's hard to explain. I, again, at this, when I lived in the city, we used to do shows on New Year's Eve, um, at the theater I worked at and me and my friend at the time, oh, it was okay. It was kind of a dating thing. So like we would go and, you know, that year we went over, you know, we did the shows and the shows were actually, we did the first show we and uh, at the theater. And then we, had plenty of champagne there, yay. <laughs> and we wandered over <laughs> to Times Square. But by the time we got to Times Square, it was like ten o'clock at night. And and it was we didn't get closer than 48th Street. Uh or actually I think it was more like 50th Street. I don't know. I had plenty of champagne that night. But it was fun anyway. It was that crowded though. And uh it was a great time. But we were lucky. We were only there for two hours you know to and then you know leaving took another hour but we were, I actually that was the perfect way to do times square. So I have done times square, but I haven't done the get there at like noon and camp out for 12 hours times square. And I have no desire to do that. I don't need to. So I'm ter- totally fine watching it on television and my nice, you know, experience at 50th Street is Perfect. We could actually hear the music. I had a view of the ball dropping, and they had fireworks, if I recall correctly, behind us in, um, in Central Park. So I got the whole experience. It was wonderful, and I would never um, trade it for the world because it's such a happy memory for me. So, uh, but if you're gonna go, I uh, I would get there early. Is same same rules as the parade, you want to make sure you have a place where you can take bathroom breaks if possible. It's probably going to be harder because this is like a sea of people in the streets. So keep that in mind. Dress warm, bring food, bring water, but not a lot because you don't want to have to take those bathroom breaks too much. Comfortable shoes. And again, with any of these things that I'm telling you about New York, there's always high security in New York but especially at events like this. So whether you're going to the parade or whether you're going to the ball drop at Times Square, be um, don't bring anything that's going to freak people out or cause you to get kicked out. So they don't I as far as I know they don't allow alcohol anymore. I did we did have bottles like 10 years ago when I went with my before well, it was more like 12. But before 9/11 when I went There was not as many regulations. We had little bottles of, like, schnapps with us as well. So it was not – we weren't, like, checked, and we – it was not as diligent and maybe not as safe because now they really do have to be diligent, and I think that's a good idea. So just be sure to not bring bottles with you, definitely not firearms. Any fireworks would be horrible. It's so crowded there, so just don't don't do that. So that's my – advice to you. I will do my best. I, I found a lot of links about you know Times Square, and I'm going to put those, Times Square, New York, uh, New Year's Eve, and I'm putting those, but I am, I will look for like a regulations link as well, because I'm not entirely sure, and I don't want to talk about it in the podcast, but I'm pretty sure. You just have to be very careful about what you bring, because you don't want them to suspect that you're there for anything but a good time. So that is, is my show. Oh, just FYI, if you want to go look, the, the ball is made of Waterford crystals and, and thousands of them. And it's really, I mean, that's why it sparkles so beautifully. And if you don't, again, there's always an alternative. If you don't want to go to the crowded Times Square experience, you can always go. There's a museum in New York, the um, Times Square Visitor Center. And that's, they, that's where they keep the ball that's going to drop on New Year's Eve. And you can go look at that, and they do this little light show every few minutes, which is like a simulation of New Year's Eve, and so you get to see it, and it's sparkly, beautiful glory without the crowds, and up close, which is beautiful. And if you, you know, want to, they they do a countdown as you're standing there looking at the, the crystal, and you can like, the website was like, and then you can kiss your love at zero if you want to, as if it were New Year's Eve, that's really sweet. So... Um, if you don't want to deal with the crowds, you can do that. So that is my show. I feel like I covered a lot of ground and I hope that wasn't too much information, but I'm going to put links ideally. Um, shockingly, this is a shorter show than my coffeehouse show, so <laughs> that's our season two. Hallelujah! Not hallelujah, because I love doing this, but hallelujah! I'm excited that I've done 25 shows, and I'm, thank you for listening with me throughout that, or part of it, or right now, and, and just, I hope you've enjoyed them. If you have any feedback for me about this season, or things you'd like to see next season, please email me at leslie at travelbetterpodcast.com and you can always go to the Facebook page which is facebook.com forward slash travel better podcast. We're on Twitter uh, at Travel Podcasts and our oh, travel podcaster I've that's how often I've been on my Twitter account. Um anyway so you can you can do a search and, and everything is on on the website too at travelbetterpodcast com. I would love to hear your feedback and I Am signing off so have a great holiday season a great whatever you celebrate or just celebrate the holidays and the new weather and and the beautiful things that are happening right now and also have a wonderful new year and I will talk to you in 2014 or maybe sooner if I feel inspired but this uh, weekly thing is going to start up again next year all right have a. I already said that all right That's our show, Travel Better Podcast, Season 1. Happy travels.